All right, welcome to part two. First of all, welcome to Fundamentals of Chefery. <laughs> uh, these are personal stories from my life from a chef's perspective, which basically means there's going to be a little bit of an emphasis on goals and um, the work that it takes to achieve certain goals. In this story, I guess it's in choosing goals, choosing what to do when you're in which situation. How do you go about solving a problem? And I see problem solving and goals as very similar because I have kind of a problem solving mentality and a lot of the time the goal is just to solve a problem. So yeah, what are the problems and how do you solve them? How do you even approach them? So in the last bit, I went over, this is still the dome story, uh, the worst domey, uh, the dominatrix domination, uh, the sexual assault scandal. Um, and in, and in the first half in part one, I went over a lot of the events that kind of, uh, made me a little bit uneasy about, uh, the, the community, the domes, which is a co-op at UC Davis, uh, that I lived in the first year that I came here, which was maybe two years ago. Maybe it was last year. I think a year ago I was living there. So yeah, last year. Um, those events, just to briefly go over it, were uh, the culture the culture of banning and uh, the culture of victimhood, which came out in the Skip incident, where one of my friends wanted to ban this girl named Skip. Um, seeing how things were mismanaged, which I found out during the work parties. You know, um, we had a series of like fire safety requirements and things of that nature. And instead of focusing on those things, we, we like I was assigned to do power washing, which is kind of a beautification thing, not really necessary. Um, the lack of accountability. Some people did a lot of work and didn't give much respect. Other people did no work and got a lot of respect. Um, the response to uh, one of the one of the community members needing a surgery and needing to to switch rooms with someone and it not happening and watching that whole failure of action, character, etc. go down. Um, a lot of people warning me that something was going to go wrong, in particular with my roommate. Um, and me kind of not really having much evidence to support it, but then eventually gaining evidence to support it. Um, watching someone get blocked, which is the, the fist to five system allows you to basically gives everyone a veto vote and seeing that get, get, um, seeing someone apply that to someone else's housing situation. So stopping them from getting housing rather than just like stopping a vote for buying a gardening hose or something else that's kind of mild. Using it in a very powerful way like that was very discouraging for me. Watching someone do that. Um, other concerns with the voting system, like people seeing each other vote. How that's uh, bad from a psychological perspective. People conform naturally. People are obedient to authority naturally. So it just seemed like a really, really bad psychology experiment after a certain point. And, uh, other stuff, dealing with the staff, staff having relationships with certain people and protecting certain people, like in the uh, Dome 8 clause, the way that whole conversation went down. And lastly, uh, seeing a friend get accused of sexual assault and realizing that there are certain crimes that there, you don't really need evidence for and there's a guaranteed punishment for. So at least, basically, um, there's, a, there's a strong possibility for a false positive if positive is detecting, you know, a criminal, there's a strong possibility for false positives in our adjudication system, meaning that nobody is safe because all you need is one person of poor character to uh, do something or to accuse someone of something. And the accusation is the evidence. So this was very, just another thing on top of everything else that made things very uneasy for a young chef mathematician. So um, now I'm going to talk about the second half. What are some of the responses to that and, and how did things, how did that work out? So the, the first thing is I wrote a letter to the board and I wrote a letter in which I directly requested to be punished. I said, I would like to be in bad standing. I've done my research. I've done my homework. I think this is in my best interest. Please respond with whatever you would like, but I know this is unusual, but I would like to be in bad standing. And, uh, <laughs> right before, um, right before, or uh, sometime after that, one of the board members, so the board is kind of like the Senate in, in the sense that there's a member from, a couple of members from each community that represent that community on the board. 
And one of the people from the Domes community who was on the board, who I was pretty close with at the time, uh, she said, hey, you know, come by my house. We need to talk about some things. This is right after I sent him my letter. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Let's just do whatever we got to do. I go there. She starts crying. She starts saying, you need to move out. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, well, you know, certain people are fucking with you. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm a black nigga from the L.A. area. People already aren't going to be fucking with me. There's never going to be a situation where I move in and all my neighbors are going to be fucking with me. If I live in the hood, niggas are going to hate on me. If I live with white people, they're going to fucking hate on me. It doesn't matter how much money I get. Neighbors hating me is just the reality of my life. So that, that can't be a decision making. That, that can't sway my decision as to where I live. Otherwise, I'd never live anywhere. Nigga. <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but you know. So I said, don't trip. You know what I'm saying? Everything's fine. But uh, she's like, okay, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, the next thing was the staff contacted me. And they said, nigga, we would like you to come into a meeting on Friday. See you then. <laughs> and they, they framed it as a, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of different, these a bunch of these different tiny houses. And one thing that can happen is people can move from one house to another if they have trouble with somebody or they just want to step their game up. You know, they're all kind of different in design. So some people like some domes more than other domes. And anyhow, it's called a dome swap. And it's exactly what it sounds like. And the staff says, hey, we would like you to do a dome swap. And I said, huh, that's odd. Normally people request dome swaps, right? So now you're saying you, you're kind of outing me? And they said, yeah, well, you know, something about your roommate. And I'm like, you know what, we, me and my roommate, I'm pretty sure we could handle this. We could talk it out, especially if it's re related to my letter, because this is literally just a literary analysis that needs to be done. Um, well, my roommate didn't speak to me for that whole week. And eventually I'm like, OK, maybe I am going to move domes. <laughs> right. Maybe this is the best way for, for me to move forward. So I contact the staff and I say, hey, you know, I'm considering a dome swap, as you guys suggested. Can you send me a list of the available places that I can move into? And they said, uh, you know what? Don't worry about all that. Just show up to the meeting. Don't worry about contacting anybody or trying to set up any arrangements whatsoever about an actual dome swap. So that led me to believe, oh, this is not about an actual dome swap. <laughs> it's an ambush. So I went in, you know, I was prepared. That's all I'm going to say. I went in and I said, you know, what's good? What's bad? And they said, nigga, we would like you to leave the domes. And I said, come again. And they said, leave, get out or else. And I said, well, you know, what is the what's the background on all this? They said, well, you know, the domes have decided. I said, the domes have decided. Everyone has decided. And they said, yeah, you know, they they had a meeting, but then they also had a secret meeting. I said, oh, what? Yeah, they came up with some, you know, they basically decided, fuck you, nigga. And I said, okay, first of all, this is very odd for me to hear, but if they met, can I at least read the notes? Because every meeting we would have meeting notes. And uh, the staff was like, oh, actually, there are no meeting notes. I said, no meeting notes? That's, that's weird, isn't it? Huh. I said, were you at the meeting? And the staff was like, no, I wasn't at the meeting, no. I said, okay, so there's no meeting notes for either of us to read, and neither of us were at the meeting. So how do you know this happened? Because I don't know that this happened. And I said, oh, well, you know, somebody told me. And I said, huh? Wait a minute. This is, this is fucking weird. So even if I'm trying to take this seriously, something doesn't add up because there's certain standards in the way that we get down. There's certain ways of doing things. It sounds like they didn't even go by the book. I mean, are you supposed to accept what some 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 people told you or are you not just as concerned as i am about the legitimacy of these claims and they were like listen you know what i'm saying this is how it is you know what i mean i'm just trying to do my job you know you need to go to therapy and i was like what the fuck this is very weird i said how about we have a conflict resolution committee how about you set me up with my roommate for a conflict resolution thing and we just handle this shit like that and they said, well, you know what I'm saying? We we really don't want to do that in your case because, you know, we don't want to help niggas out. We just, <laughs> we just want to help everybody else out. We can't solve nigga problems. By the way, my roommate was black. So I said, man, this is fucking weird. We have a committee. We're not using it. We have a standard procedure for how to 
you know, take notes in meetings so everybody can be aware whether they were there or not. We didn't use that. Nobody, neither of us were there. But you're going off of, you're making a major decision to set up this, and you set up this meeting as if it was a dome swap meeting when you had no intention of even talking about moving. So I'm like, man, I think they're trying to snake a nigga. I think there is overwhelming evidence. I mean, I'm no genius, but I think there's overwhelming evidence that they were on some sheep shit. Everybody hears me talking about, oh, I hate these fucking sheep. Well, this is a great example of this. Where you blatantly try to play a nigga out of his house and you don't even do the background work for it. So I said, okay, you know what? It is what it is. Uh, but because of that, you know, them asking me to leave is the next part of the story. Now, um, there's also a small note um, in our society, society, uh, quote unquote, there's a quorum for major decisions. You have to have at least like some percentage of the vote there. And um, that's one of the questions I asked, too. Was there a quorum? And there was a yes, there was quorum. But I'm like, how would you know if you weren't there? This was before she told they told me that she wasn't there. So I'm like, man, this is fucking weird. The way you guys are getting down with this doesn't seem to be the right way of doing it. But uh, after that meeting, the dome swap, I did end up moving into the house of the guy who left because he was accused of sexual assault. So I ended up moving into that fucking house. But um, because I was the only vacancy at the time. But uh, after that, I started labeling these the big four, which are the leak of the letter, which keep in mind, I sent my letter to the board. It turned out that in the secret meeting, they had a copy of the letter in that meeting, but it was edited. And I don't know what was edited. I mean, something likely was edited. I think they just removed things. I hope they didn't add any new things in, but who's to say? Because nobody else read. The only people who would know about it are the board members. Right. And then they deleted the notes. So I don't even know exactly what they convicted me of, what the thing about the letter was that they didn't like. The existence of a letter, the existence of someone who would like to be in bad standing is unacceptable. Like, you don't even know where I'm coming from. But anyhow, um, I call it the big four. The leak, leak of the letter from the board to the domes, the edit changing of some aspects of the letter without being clear about what aspects were changed the secret meeting itself which was based largely based on the letter and then the deletion of the meeting notes and and the big four i, I label the big four because when people come at me sideways and they say oh you're you're such an asshole you're such a piece of shit i always remind them like but what did i do that was a violation of any policy or any crime at all what did I actually do to anyone? I mean, if you even read my letter, I'm requesting for myself to be placed in bad standing. So it's very odd for people to, on one hand, say, oh, you're a piece of shit, you're an asshole. But then on the other end, I say, hey, do you know about the big four? Do you know about what happened to me? This was an actual attack on me. And nobody seems to even know about it. Like, you know you're not supposed to leak letters, right? Like, that's four different violations all within the same night. So neck to neck it's like it's very hard for me to have sympathy for him because it's like i could understand if you guys were upset and you said hey let's let's have a sit down we don't like this type of shit here's why please change this behavior to me that's one way of handling a problem but another way is saying well this nigga may, may or may or may not have done something that we don't like outside of writing this letter which isn't a violation so let's do four clear violations and get the staff to conspire with us so that we can catch this nigga. It's like, man, all I'm doing is sending an email. So many out. The big four. The leak, the uh, edit of the letter. It's the leak of the letter, the edit of the letter, the secret meeting, and then the delete. And obviously the secret meeting, I don't like to use the word, but this is fitting. Conspiracy, right? Actively people conspired against me. That's a big part of this story. Whereas on the other end, what did I do to conspire against anyone else? It's it's uh, unclear if there's anything at all that I've done. So, anyhow. Uh, they asked me to leave. I said, no, I'm not going to leave. I did the dome swap. The big four. And then the last thing is that they said, you need to go to therapy. We have the office of the ombudsman. They What they told me is that this is an alternative to the conflict resolution committee, but they will mediate a conversation between you and your roommates so you guys can resolve it. 
Although at that point, she was no longer my roommate because I moved to a different dome. So I said, great, this is exactly what we need. I think this can be handled pretty quickly. Let's just get this behind us. Went to the office of the ombudsman, made my little case, and I said, hey, uh, by the way, where's my roommate? And they said, oh, this is, um, we don't handle conflict resolution here. We don't have the authority to ask anyone to come here. So I'm like, so how could both of us be in here at the same time to resolve our conflict? And they said, oh, um, she would have to request for uh, a meeting, and you would have to request for a meeting, and both of you would have to say that you wanted the other person to be there, and it would have to be scheduled for the same day and same time. So I'm like, how am I supposed to do that if I'm not even in contact with her right now? I mean, I could say one thing, and, and that the an aspect of this that I think is pretty unclear is that there's, and I haven't really gotten to that. Actually, let me get to that when I get to that. But let's just say we weren't in contact. And I thought, wow, this is yet another way that they blatantly played me. It's not only did they do all these big four, not only did the staff accept the vote, even though there's no meeting notes and no verification that there was even quorum, but the staff openly lied to me about what the ombudsman even did. The, the exact thing that I showed up to do is the exact thing that they cannot do. The only thing that they do is one-on-one -on -one therapy. Unless you are o go out of your way to arrange conflict resolution, they don't do it. Meanwhile, within my organization, that's one of the committees that we focus on, right? We have like, just like the finance committee, just like the committee that deals with gardening. Conflict resolution is something that naturally happens or conflicts naturally happen in co-ops. So it's fitting that there would be a group of people who are just dedicated to that problem. But they had to treat me differently. And this is one of the things that I feel like it's very important to communicate as a chef. It's like, listen, if you're doing things in a rational way, and your community is not rational or you're doing things you're thinking outside the box in a community where everyone does everything exactly by the book yes you're going to be an outsider yes that's obvious but sometimes a part of human nature is for a lot of people to be fearful of you to actually fear you not because of any attack not because of anything that you've done that's aggressive but just because that's a consequence of being an outsider. And a lot of the behavior that I'm beginning to describe in this part of part two, instead of it being, yeah, these are weird things that they did and these things happen to other people, you're actually seeing an immune system in the community form that's actively against me. And an, a lot of rules are going off the table. Hey, normally we do things this way, but in this case, let's fucking do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Just get them, get them out. Do whatever it takes. And it's like, unfortunately, one of those steps is not having a thoughtful discussion with me. Having a discussion with me is completely off the table. The only things that are on the table is, how are we going to get rid of this nigga? And the ombudsman was one of those last things. But anyhow, I ended up moving into the new place. And a part of the moving in process is that you do an inspection, right? You make sure everything's clean. And a staff member comes in and signs off that you have moved from one place to another. So they sent in a staff member. And um, in this case, I said, hey, you know, and it, it happened to be a black staff member. So I said, hey, you know, they, they said, how are you with uh, your old roommate? And I said, honestly, we're not speaking to each other. But I'd like to resolve this conflict. I don't know exactly what they took out of my letter. I'm sure that this is the reason why they're upset at me. But... Uh, I went to the ombudsman, nothing worked out. I asked for conflict resolution, nothing worked out. Can you set up a conflict resolution? Can you be the mediator so we can get this fucking shit over with? Because I feel like at this point, they're doing anything they can to make shit fucked up for me, including not helping me resolve the conflict. They actually want it to remain a conflict. So um, the staff member said, yeah, yeah, I'll do what I can do. Okay, I'll talk to her, I'll talk to you, and then hopefully we can have a sit down. And uh, they left, and it just never happened. Months just went by, and there was no response. So I'm like, next week? The next week? What's going on? What's going on? And the word on the street was, the roommate refused to do the conflict resolution. So 
this was a situation that I thought was very odd because I was actually threatened directly in the dome swap meeting. Hey, if you don't resolve conflicts, you're going to be kicked out of this community. And I thought that's a very odd threat to tell the nigga that just had a secret meeting against him. That's a very odd threat because just apply that to literally anybody else and most people would be thrown out. If I organized a secret meeting, yeah, you should throw me out. Rather than talking to somebody, you should fucking throw me out because obviously I'm not built for a community where, you know, problems are going to arise. It's not a bad thing to be in a problem in my view. It's a bad thing to not make progress toward a solution. And I just didn't see that happening. So this was just another situation where my morale was being broken down because I'm like, man, people act like they're really about a certain thing. But when it comes down to it, it's not clear that they are. And yeah, let's go to the next thing. The next thing is months later, I actually go to a board meeting because keep in mind, I was waiting for a conflict. I went to the ombudsman. Nothing happened there. I asked for a conflict resolution. Nothing happened there. And my original letter had not been responded to. In the letter, I said, I'd like to be in bad standing. Please respond whether or not I'm in bad standing and why. There was no response to that. So I'm like, I'm guessing I'm not because nobody has responded. But why haven't they responded? No. So I said, let me just go to a board meeting. They're going to meet at this time. Now, at the same time that I'm, you know, I'm just taking calculus classes, physics, I'm just being a student, I'm, I'm living in the new dome, me and my roommate are getting along great, I'm no longer doing the dome's activities, the cook nights and the work parties and all that shit, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, obviously you guys want me gone, so you're not going to get that, at least give me an answer to the bad standing thing first, then I'll decide if I'm going to rejoin, but that just stretched out way longer than I expected, and anyhow, eventually, me and my roommate together both went to the board meeting and oh yeah, what I was getting at is while this was going on, while this waiting was going on on my end, they were brewing on the other end. They were coming up with new shit. They said, how are we going to fuck this nigga? How are we going to fucking, what can we do? So one of the things they tried to do was evict me. And the word on the street was they met with the lawyer and the lawyer said, what did he do wrong? And they said, well, you know, we don't like him. And then they said, yeah, you can't legally evict somebody because you don't like them, you fucking idiot. And then they had to go back and say, we couldn't do it. And then the next thing, which is ironic, the next best thing was, uh, keep in mind, I'm already quote unquote voted out, which is an unclear punishment, but it is a punishment, even though there's no record. Uh, the next thing is they want to vote me into bad standing. And I said, wow, this is now this, as a chef of as a logic person. This is just mind-ripping to me, but not con not so much considering the other shit that went down. This was their argument. We felt that your letter to the board invalidated the emotion of the last person who placed someone else in bad standing. So, therefore, you deserve to be in bad standing. So I said, let me get this straight. I asked to be in bad standing. The board says nothing. They don't reply. Now you niggas get a leaked letter and say, oh, this nigga asked to be in bad standing, amongst other things. Like one of the other things is I know this is confusing. I'm not admitting to any guilt for anything. I may or may not have done something, but I really am interested in bad standing for moral and practical reasons. And uh, they said, oh, this person want to be in bad standing. So that means he deserves to be in bad standing. So this board meeting that I attended wasn't just a random meeting. It was also the meeting where the board was deciding whether or not they were going to accept the Dome's vote for me to go into bad standing. So anyhow, I show up to the meeting and I said, this is hilarious, but one of the things all of us agrees upon is that I should be in bad standing. So the only thing I have to say, given this new situation, is that I would prefer to be in because I asked for it rather than because the domes would like it. First of all, I asked for it before the domes liked it. That's part of the reason why they're mad at me in the first place is because I asked for it. But second of all, just because someone has the desire to be in a punished position does not mean that they deserve to be in a punished position. This, this leap to me, logically, is infuriating. Yet, it sold somehow to the entire community. And here's the breakdown. 
are there reasons to want to be in bad standing other than being guilty of a crime? To me, that is the, the thing that I think any rational person who's looking at it would have to ask themselves. What reasons other than guilt might exist? Might exist. Not even saying that they do. Let's just brainstorm for like one minute. Why might someone... For instance, Martin Luther King went to jail. Right? Why might that be something he's okay with? Why might it be okay for, for someone to openly suffer? Openly be in a, in a position that they don't want to be in. Why might they be willing to do that? So I think this point was completely lost on the dummies. I think they had one interpretation of it. And I think their interpretation was mockery. And they thought, well, this nigga's mocking her. Get rid of him. And that's not the worst interpretation. Or maybe it's pretty bad. I mean, it's assuming bad faith. It's assuming that I have a negative intent. But it's not the worst. I mean, there is some evidence to support that interpretation. As there are for any interpretation. As there should be. However, what about the claim that I have moral and practical reasons? I mean, in the letter I say, hey, I have moral and practical reasons for wanting to be in bad standing. To me, as a board member, I would read that line. Or just as a logic person, I'd read that line and say, Really? What are your moral reasons for doing this? What are your practical reasons? That is the beginning of a conversation to me. So the idea that it goes from zero to 100 that quickly, to me, is just a sign that these guys really aren't chefing like that. They're just, they're just people who have a position. They're not necessarily people who I would consider intellectual sparring mates or I think are really moved by the idea of justice. I think they just happen to be people who fit in enough to be voted into a position. And it's unfortunate if that's the case, but there's overwhelming evidence that that seems to be the case. Anyhow, let me now try to make the case. And my favorite analogy for this is the, um, the journalist in the prison. So imagine that there's a journalist who says, you know what, I would like to see what the internal conditions of a prison are. Now, if I ask someone who's been to, to prison, they will be a primary source, right? But I could be a primary source if I simply looked at the prison. If I just lived in a prison for long enough, that would be far better of an experience to really know what it's like than by asking someone who has already been there. And then obviously you can get worse and worse and worse data if you ask someone who's asked someone, right? Your secondary, third, whatever sources are, are, are lower quality. So if you're an amazing journalist, you might be biased to directly run your own experiments, directly experience the conditions of the prison, and then, you know, a lot of good may come from that. I mean, there's an argument to be made that part of the reason why the conditions in prisons are so bad is because the general population is unaware of it. Part of the reason. Also, people fucking hate prisoners, so that's probably the bigger reason. But anyhow, imagine now that, that the journalist is successful in getting into the prison. And they're doing their observations. Maybe they have a three-month fake sentence that allows them to stay in there. Well, what happens if there's some miscommunication with the guards? And they say, you know, the journalist tries to leave. Okay, my, my sentence is up. It's time for me to go. And they say, um, we have here that you have a uh, five-year sentence for this crime. And he says, no, 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 I'm the journalist. I, I'm sure if you talk to the warden about me, it'll be clear that I'm the person who actually, I, I don't deserve to be in the prison. I was just here because I wanted to observe the conditions. And they say, well, you know, fuck that. Now you're in. Now you're just locked in prison. To me, this was the equivalent of the domes voting to place me in bad standing. And it was, it was actually really sad for me to, to have to watch this take place in my, in my real life. Cause I was like, wait a minute. I think this is a, I think this is a simple mistake, but you know, I think this is really going to go down like that. <laughs> I think the journalist might actually have to stay in the prison. So anyhow, um, I told the board this argument. And I said, you know, I, I really don't think that uh, 
this interpretation that this is a commentary on another case is the best thing. And one of the things I wish I would have brought up is the idea that of the triggered judge. So the reason why my roommate was so involved in this was because my roommate was on the board as well. So my roommate used the board to put someone in bad standing, but also was a member of the board and evaluated other cases. And one of the things that came up to me is like, you're mad at me for sending in a letter to the board about bad standing because one of the board members recently had a case. But what happens to the person, to the judge who evaluates murders when his wife gets murdered? Does the judge have a right to say, hey, my wife just got murdered. So now I think that this murderer is personally offending me. So I can't do my job properly anymore. Right? It is this murderer's fault for showing up in my court the day after my wife was murdered. Certainly, you can't blame the... I mean, that's where he's supposed to be. That's where murder cases get evaluated. And similarly, in our organization, the board is the place where bad standing decisions get made. So, if you don't want to be exposed to bad standing decisions, to me, it's the job of the organization to protect individual board members. Because an easy thing you could do is say, hey, from now on, what we're going to do is, since you just had a sexual assault case, you no longer have to serve in the adjudication responsibilities of, of, you know, being a board member. Instead, you can do the other things board members do. You can worry about the budget. You can worry about, you know, as much as you would like, but you are not allowed to evaluate further cases because the cases themselves might trigger you. And to me, this would be the sign of a wise organization. But the argument that, okay, fuck this guy because he's interested in bad standing and, and the timing is horrible and he should have known that one of the board members might get triggered. It's like, yeah, but if you if you have the privilege of being a board member, then on some level, it is your responsibility to deal with the cases as they come. And if you don't want to, then you should, you know, I don't think you should have to personally, I would set it up so that once you put in a, a bad standing request, you no longer deal with adjudication. But if they didn't do that, how am I to know, first of all? And second of all, why is it my responsibility to somehow calibrate how the board feels about it? I don't even know how it works. I learned about how the board worked by going through my case. You know, if there was no real instructional, I never had any interest in being a part of it. So anyhow, I ended up going to the board meeting they gave an argument that they had zero tolerance for uh, invalidating emotion. Um, I stated, you know, the journalist in the prison analogy so that they realized there were other interpretations to this. And um, there was no conclusive piece of, you know, they didn't conclude by saying you were on or not on bad standing. We accept or we do not accept the Dome's vote for you to be on bad standing or why you might be on bad standing. They just moved on to other issues and I left the meeting and I never got any email following saying, this is your status. However, just briefly, I think there's a lot of, you know, maybe one more thing I'll add to the whole board meeting thing. And finally, because honestly, all I really wanted to know I really just wanted to have a conversation with the board. So me meeting with the board was a little bit of closure, seeing that, okay, the way they're discussing things is very similar to the way domes are discussing things, the domes. I didn't see people as in a rush to conform. However, I didn't see anyone giving strong rebuttals when I thought they could have been given. So I thought, okay, this is, it could go either way you slice it. But um, I think... In general, I have a, a comment about thinking, which is that it, it, it involves the risk of invalidating emotions. So if, if invalidating emotions in, in their, by their definition means something along the lines of not agreeing with or suggesting some alternative outcome that has something other to something that has, you know, it's of the opposite vein. Like when, when, there's, a, when there's a state of uncertainty, and someone claims this is what it is, I think what they mean is when you don't agree with them, when you say, well, it's actually uncertain, I think that's what they mean by invalidating emotion. I think they're saying, 
well, this person's crying and saying that this is the way it is. And you're not crying with them or you're not automatically agreeing with them. You're remaining kind of neutral. You're saying something you're doing is giving us the signal that you are still neutral. And uh, I, I think I am guilty of that. But I think that's the case. I think I'm supposed to be guilty of that. Um, you should be neutral until all the facts come out. And in certain cases, the facts will not come out. So, you know, asking better questions, having better sources, better analyses, better attention to detail, and uh, reaching non-intuitive c- conclusions, those are the things that I actually try to monitor, rather than how am I agreeing with one group or another group. And I think evidence is more important than what's popular, and other people's opinion. In the history of science in particular, what you'll see a lot is that people really are in a lot of trouble simply for thinking clearly. And then, after some time, it gets accepted and integrated into the norm. So, if you're getting in trouble, but you're checking your thinking, I don't think you should freak out. I think you should say, oh, this is this is what I should expect every time I'm up against some larger group of people or whatnot, and they're not using a rational approach, and I am, you should expect you're going to be hated. You should expect that there's going to be some struggle involved. So, anyhow... You know, I wrote the bad standing letter. The big four happened. They denied my conflict resolution. They sent me to some fake conflict resolution. Oh, and a small note about that is uh, it turned out the people who had given me early warnings, one of the, th- the patterns that they observed is that everyone who gets in a conflict, particularly with this person, gets sent into the same ombuds meeting. So I think it's a way that the organization has been deferring conflict resolution specifically for this person but i don't have any evidence to support that it's just uh, other people might be able to fill in more in that area maybe that would be an example of another chef's perspective that would be very valuable for the story but it's just not my i don't i don't know the history of this i've just heard that it's true that this is a pattern anyhow yeah I, i i went through all that blah 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 finally made it to the board meeting Finally got a real answer for why they hated me. They thought I invalidated someone's emotion. Thought about it, realized that that's not a bad position to be in. Didn't get placed into bad standing. In fact, after the board meeting, I said, hey, you know, you guys, please just send me an email saying I'm in bad standing or I'm not. Still didn't happen. And then all the way into, this was like in April, all the way until right before I moved out in June, I was still sending emails. Hey, am I in bad standing or not? Bad standing or not? No response. So what finally made me leave was that uh, they made me a deal. The staff sent me an email saying, okay, nigga, you got two options. You know what I'm saying? Cancel your lease or cancel your fucking lease. Now, keep in mind, I didn't know whether or not I was in bad standing because they never said yes, but they also never said no. And one of the conditions of bad standing is that once your lease is over, you cannot reapply for a lease in that uh, community ever for the next three years. So it would have been very consequential if I was, or if I wasn't. So that's when I started sending out emails a lot and no one responded to me. I have records of three, four emails. I think maybe two to two to four emails saying, Hey, am I in bad standing? Hey, 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 to different staff members and nobody replied. So I thought, okay, they're trying to play me again. Okay. Cancel or cancel. So the deal was this, your house is being renovated. Yay! Which means you need to get the fuck out. So the only way that can happen is you either leave the community altogether or you move from one house to another. Now keep in mind, there was already a protocol for that called dome swap, which is what they forced me into the first time. I didn't want to do it, and then they made me do it. Now, I wanted to do it, and they were saying I couldn't do it. So here's the the devil's in the details. Here's the difference. For a dome swap, you keep your old lease. And you just change the number on the lease, kind of like changing apartments in the same complex. For a, what they wanted me to do was to cancel my lease and sign a sublease in a different dome if I wanted to stay. So I'm thinking, well, if I'm in bad standing, even if I want to cancel my lease and sign a sublease, I can't. I can't do that. I'm not legally allowed to do that because now that's a condition of the punishment. Once I cancel it, that's it. I can't. That's three years from that date. But then on the other side, on the other side, like 
well, why can't I just do a dome swap instead of these two options? Why aren't they giving me three options? When I did a dome swap at the beginning of the year, there was no canceling of leases, and I was already voted out then. So they can't say it's because you were voted out of the domes because I was voted out the first time I moved. That was a week afterwards. We met after the uh, meeting, the secret meeting. So I thought, hmm, I think this is their way of snaking me. And this is a very, very clever way. If, I hope it would be dope to meet the person who thought of this. It's to say the dome swap is no longer possible. So both of your options involve canceling your lease. But you don't know if you're in bad standing or not. So if we treat you like you're in bad standing, okay, who cares? And if, the only way you'll find out is after your lease is canceled. So you won't even be able to advocate for yourself. So I thought, wow, this is brilliant. This is what I'm going to do. First of all, it was toward the end of the, the, the school year. Unlike the beginning of the regular year when they wanted me to leave, which was like in, I live in a college college town so the housing kind of mirrors the uh you know what i'm saying the uh the school year this was actually at a good time in the housing market so i said i'll look on facebook and other housing sites <laughs> facebook is now a housing site and then i'll also do a dome swap before the last date of termination with someone who's already going to leave so I knew this guy named Jose, and I said, hey, you know, is it cool? I talked to his roommate. Is it cool if I do a dome swap into your house? He said, yeah. So I said, cool, this is what we're going to do. I'll do a dome swap. Then you will be in, in my dome that's going to be renovated, and I'll be in yours. You're going to leave anyway. So when you leave, your lease will be canceled. But by that time, my lease will already be connected to your house, which isn't going to be renovated. So in that way, I could still continue my lease. Now, I was going to do that, except I found a cheaper place uh, within the same week that I planned on doing that. So then I just moved out. But, you know, that was kind of from beginning of end of like me moving in to me moving out. All the trials and tribulations and all the bullshit, the fucking big four, the secret meeting, the ADA incidents, all the shit that I saw. That I was like, man, this is kind of fucked up because the popular story is I'm the asshole. But the detailed story is. I'm kind of an asshole, but also I'm somebody who has some positive qualities. Like I, I genuinely at the time genuinely wanted to fix my community, but you know, it is what it is. I left out the probation stuff, but I'll just mention it briefly now. Um, it was, uh, the practical reason. So the moral reason and the practical reason, the moral reason for wanting to be in bad standing is that I knew I had a temperament that I didn't see in the rest of the community where I could solve certain problems that other people can't. I'm very disagreeable. I'm very rational. I pay attention to details. A lot of people there, they just didn't have these qualities. So there's, no, there's a limit to what types of problems they could solve. But for me, I thought if there's something deep within the software of our community and I see a solution for it, I have an obligation to pursue it if I have the time. Because I'm one of the few people who's even capable of solving that type of problem. Whereas on the reverse end, I think I'm really bad at other types of problems. So I need to step back if there's somebody more capable of dealing with that. So morally, you should improve your community if you can. Practically, I was a nigga on probation. As I told you, I lived in halfway houses before this. So I was like, listen, as soon as you start accusing people of crimes, I'm out. I need to completely reduce the probability that someone can falsely accuse me of a crime, whether it's sexual assault, harassment. There's a lot of crimes where it's just somebody's hearsay, right? If somebody says it happened, then it kind of did happen. But what can make it worse is what happened in that community. The, the staff can co-sign something. So I can imagine a shit situation where someone says, yeah, JP harassed me. And then the staff says, okay, he's in bad standing for harassment. Then my probation officer visits and says, hey, what's going on? How is he? And they say, oh, yeah, he's on bad standing for harassment. Boom. Now I'm in front of a judge. The judge has the discretion to say, hey, nigga, you need to go to prison because one of the conditions of probation is you don't break the law. Harassment is breaking the law or even worse, sexual assault. That's breaking the law. So if these people feel like they have reason to accuse you, we might have to just use our, our judicial discretion to say you need to spend some more time incarcerated. So I thought, no, this is not something I can fuck around with. 
This is not something that's cute. This is not something that's funny. You, we should use evidence when we're accusing people of crimes because there's different consequences that different members have to pay. But for me, it's a really high consequence. So I can't fuck around at all. It's, it's much better to be considered an asshole and not have any kind of probation troubles, not have any kind of crime accusations, not have anything that could actually show up as problematic to a judge. And that's the situation I chose, and that's what happened. I'm off of probation now. You know, no one accused me of a crime. People accused me of being an asshole. People tried to get me on bad standing. People tried to get me evicted off false pretenses and bad interpretations. But I never got accused of a crime. And to me, that's outrageously valuable, practically. Now, how many of these niggas knew about that? I don't know. I know that my roommate knew about that because my probation officer visited our dome. I knew that some of the other board members that I was fucking with knew about that because we were close enough to talk about that. But the general community, I think they were just playing the social justice warrior game. Everybody's problematic. Everybody's toxic. And I'm like, yeah, but you niggas are about to start a real problem if you fuck with me because I got to really deal with the, the fucking county. So anyhow, those are the moral and practical reasons. You know, the, as reflections, I think this story is actually funny. Um, but I think the weight of the sexual assault forces me to be a little bit more serious. Hopefully in some other podcasts, it'll be a, l- a little more lighthearted. Um, oh, and sensitivity. A big conclusion for this story is I think there's a balance between sensitivity and justice. People want to see it as black and white. Either you're sensitive or you're not. Either it's just or it's not. And in reality, everything is not just and everything is just. Everything is not sensitive and everything is sensitive. You're always considering and weighing things out. So whatever your position is, it's not fully white and it's not fully black. Now, I think what you'll see is my position a lot of the time is justice is more important than sensitivity. However, there's a lot of sensitivity considerations I take. Like I think writing emails is better than confronting people in person from a sensitivity perspective. Why? There's no physical threat with an email. Just physically standing in front of someone and speaking to them can be intimidating to them, right? And then the worst is like actually being violent. But anything to avoid violence and intimidation, I think, is better. Now, there's risks. People misinterpret stuff. True. But that's better than them thinking you're actually physically dangerous. But I'm a black nigga, so they're going to say that either way you fucking slice it. Um, A lot of people can say that, hey, you should have waited with that letter. Someone just had a case, like, within a couple of weeks, you sent it in, that was more hurtful than if you would have waited a week, or, I mean, waited a month or so. And I agree. And that's, that's the area where I think I was blatantly insensitive, is the timing of it. Not so much the details of the letter, um, but the timing of it, I think, was blatantly insensitive. The reasoning for that, though, and the reason why I would still stick with that balance of sensitivity and justice, is the whole probation thing. The longer you wait, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the more fucked up, it's, the, the, the more chance you're giving for somebody else to accuse you of a crime. So anyhow, on that note, I want to tell the chefs to keep cooking. Everything's running out of battery. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. I've been making hip hop music for a while, which I call red chef music. And at the end of these Fundamentals of Chefery episodes, I like to share at least one song that's relevant to the episode. If you've been listening, you know that at some point, I was asked to go through a dome swap, which is basically moving from one apartment to the other in a dome. I didn't want to, but I'm glad that I did, because it was an upgrade. I was in a loft before, and my roommate, my new roommate, graciously allowed me to take the downstairs room. This simple decision allowed me to go through a revolution in podcasting and recording music. I already owned microphones and cameras, but I could set them up in a permanent setup with lights in the center of my space and push my mattress all the way to the corner to make room. I called this setup the Quasi-Studio. There I edited my performance on microphones, improved my sound editing technique on computers, and most importantly, I captured ideas that may have gotten away. The song that I've chosen to share with you is one of those ideas. It's so playful, yet some of the topics I covered lightly were very heavy to me at the time that I wrote the song. The song also recognizes the positives in my life. All dome shit aside, I had a new girlfriend, 
and I really appreciate being a university student in a math class. This song is fun, it's a classic reality rap, and it's performed on one of my favorite shitty beats, with a pitch changer on my voice. This song is called Why? I hope you enjoy. Chef's hit. Truth is, I only cook around chefs. I bossed up and built a kitchen where I slept. I can't deal. Tell these sheep to cook a meal. Before I die, upload my free will. I never owned a gun, but I keep a tech. Got a gold chain, but not jewelry on my neck. I don't need the love, I just need respect. Need respect. With consent, I'm in your bitch. I'm the vet. I'm the vet. To my addicts, I'll be cooking mathematics. Mathematics. To my feelings, hope your silly's not telling. Not telling. Watch me run experiments, just listening. Just listening. Cause every pimp knows operant conditioning. Mm-hmm. Bitch, went to college just to get that pussy polished. Polish. I'm fucking every race, slavery's abolished. Polish. Either a hippie or an artist or a farmer. Or a farmer. Fuck with Chef of X, lose all your honors. Your honors. Type of. Have your older brother bothered? Mom smiles, but all frowns from your father. Snatched out your weave, now you wear a hat. She's shaking ass, I'm shaking nappy ass naps. I'ma get this back, I'm in math class. I finished last, bitch, but I pass pass. Watch my calories, and I watch my cash. Hit the bar, check my back, check the abs. Long walks, I like cooking by myself. I'm fucked up, but I check my mental health. Ate some pussy next week, I get my dick checked. New bitch, but she don't know that she my bitch yet. She wants me to grab her throat and hurt her knees. She wants a D, but do she really want this entropy? Real chef shit. That's her choice. I wanna give a horse chick a horse voice. Twerk queen, work the D, but not the balls. Queen B, can I lick your honey out my paws? Let me know. I'm cooking in the snow. I'm cold, I'm too old. I tried to let them know I'm a chef. Hold up. Only like improvement. improvement. We from cell D7. It's a movement. Chef set. Know what I mean? I love reality. reality. We discuss assets and we grind for equity. equity. I reflect. I express. I reason. Then I'll die. Sheep get blessed every time I ask them why. Why? Nigga, why? Why? Nigga, why? Why? Nigga, why?